Welcome to episode 68 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at hello, hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and I was road tripping last week, but you can find me tweeting at CD Villasenor, and with me is Ty. Did you do the spring break thing, Ty? We did a little bit uh, toward the second second half of the week, and then uh, my younger daughter just turned five on Sunday, so that's how we capped it off. Yay! Well, congratulations. Where can we find you on the social media? Well, you can definitely find me not tweeting any details of my personal life at seatjk. <laughs> I know Twitter's Twitter's funny that way, isn't it? It's like, well, there's just too many people hanging around here. Uh, I don't broad give... generalities are fine. Broad generalities. We'll keep yeah. it. We'll keep it vague around the edges. Yeah, relatable content, but I'm not telling you anybody any details. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get triggered this week. Um, so, uh, but first we'll start with a little master's chat and then we'll talk about spoiling spoilers with spoilery spoilers. And, uh, we're going to talk about how gap, the gas we pass may cost you, uh, in the overtime, of course, we'll do dad joke of the week. And we're going to talk about how modern technology can be good and somehow sometimes can be very, very bad and embarrassing. Just be careful with those surveillance devices in your home. <laughs> There's more and more of them all the time. So let's just jump into it. The, uh, the Masters. Um, epic was, Masters of 2019. Epic, epic Masters of 2019 came. Now, here's the funny thing. I, since we were on the road, we did... 2,000 miles worth of driving. Yuck. It's actually kind of fun. I like it. I like a good long road trip. There's something very calming about it. The kids were pretty good. They don't, you know, now that they've got big seats <laughs> and, <laughs> and data devices, like, it's so much easier to road trip now than when I was a kid. Obviously, when you're, like, there were three of us kids, somebody has to sit in the middle of the second row. I mean, it's just terrible. That kind okay. of vacationing is just awful if you're lucky you have like magnetic tic-tac-toe right oh <laughs> let's play out of state license plate game anyway but the nice thing about having technology and unlimited data plan is that i get to watch the masters from the car so you can i can listen to it on sirius while i was driving mm -hmm. and then i can just flat watch it when i was when i wasn't i don't know you told us before about your football habits so perhaps you were watching the masters while you were driving <laughs> <laughs> My wife would never allow that to happen. However, I did. I did watch a good deal of it, and uh, you know, we trade a lot of. Uh, we've got a little bit of a golf chat that goes on in yeah. in, uh, in Twitter, so it was it was fun to do that. But it was fully epic. I can't remember a more f fun golf tournament, at least in the last ten years. I, I I don't know if it's just that I'm more into it in general, like just as a you know as some as a spectator, because it does require. The the barrier to entry for watching golf is under you know I mean like it's it's boring as hell to anyone who doesn't play and really I think enjoy it I I, I don't really understand folks that are interested in watching it that don't play the game I, I don't I couldn't possibly it's not the Super Bowl right you know the Super Bowl you could maybe plop down on the couch with some people and have not watched any football all year and enjoy the Super Bowl you can't do that with the Masters <laughs> it's yeah. four days and each day is. Eight hours of coverage of golf. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched more of the tournament in total, partially because we were off and it was very online this year. So it, it 
it's crazy that, you know, in my lifetime, the Masters used to limit television coverage to four total hours. Like, right. what, what kind of a business model was that? <laughs> no, more more is definitely better, and you get more now. The Their online experience is terrific. Sure, and I tend to watch a little bit of most tournaments week to week, at least a piece here and there, and certainly the majors I'm watching most of the weekend if I can. But this particular Masters, I was, like, never once bored, even watching sort of – I was very content to sit in front of that stream all day and watch all of the coverage and the leaderboard was fantastic the featured groups were all very entertaining um we saw you know that we, we the colorful guys on the tour kind of like like showed up early like the barn rat was in the lead at the you know at the uh, 36 hole mark and right um polters obviously in the mix there at the end so you got some of the characters on tour out there and then like almost all of the top 10 or top 15 players in the world made some sort of a charge tiger uh, alluded to ex- that in his- ex- except for justin rose well, yeah, yeah, that didn't, that didn't go so well. <laughs> team Team Jr. was dying on the side of the road. He just didn't have a swing this week. What can you say? It happens. It happens. And you know, when you're a big when you're when you're uh, when your horse goes down early, it's always a that's not that's never fun. But the uh, but it was it was fun to root for the people who are in the lead, and it was fun to root against the people who are kind of sucking. And you know, I'm fully. I think we've covered this before but i'm fully in the anti sergio camp so anytime sergio shits the bed i'm thrilled oh yeah i want to i want a side bet that's right i gotta collect on that some guy that i know that i played golf with is saying he, he liked sergio and bet me five dollars he'd finish in the top 10 I'm like well, i didn't make the cut there friend so <laughs> i look forward to getting my five dollars from you um but what i really liked about the masters this year was that i think it was the first time that um I impressed a golf tournament upon my kids. Usually I turn golf on and you get the reaction you would expect, right? Oh, not golf. Balls. It's yeah. a boring. Yeah. But uh, we, I was driving them up to soccer on Sunday. Um, and obviously the tournament wasn't supposed to be on until the afternoon. So I was kind of like piecing it together, either watching it on my phone, watching it before I left. And then uh, it's indoor soccer. So thankfully there is a television there and they also have Wi-Fi. So I was able to keep up with it. But uh, they want to listen to music. You know, like, well, we're in the car, Dad. We'll listen to music. And I'm like, no, we're going to listen to this. And uh, then uh, on the way home, they're like, you're going to listen. You're going to listen to golf on the radio. Yeah. Which, which, of course, I subjected a whole carload of people <laughs> to listening to golf on the radio. See, I might at least have the, you know courtesy to put some headphones on you can stream xm on your phone you know <laughs> not happening plan man not not happening <laughs> but um i had to explain to them why it was so uh, important and that was uh exciting because I, I really got to explain that the, the basically the the how can I summarize Tiger Woods career and understand that like I was literally in high school when he won his first masters I remember very clearly like my first period my senior year was um pottery of course and uh, pottery yeah (laughs) okay uh and i remember reading the newspaper like on monday morning after the after having watched it on tv and just the fact that we've come all the way from newspaper to you know where we are now where i can stream it on my phone um i think it finally connected with them that that it's been since i was a kid in school that that's the first thing i think my older daughter started to relate to um Anyway, so that was that was an exciting moment, and we'll see if that, that takes. I'm sure it won't. But my, my older daughter is involved in golf and does seem to be excited about starting again this year, so I look forward to that. Oh, good. The, uh, this, is the, this is the beauty of golf in that players have long careers, and right. because they have long careers, you could have watched Tiger in high school, which you did, and then 20-plus years later, he wins again. Mm-hmm. So 22 years later, right? He won the 97 bastards mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then he wins the 29 team no other sport allows you to do that 
is to say my like my daughter doesn't know a world without Tiger Woods, right? She doesn't. She has no clue. She's she, her whole life. Tiger Woods has been, you know, a front front and center of golf. So, right. you know, that's the that's the funny thing about it is she, you know, she was excited about it too, and and it's fun to be able to share that. You know, and, were you and, into golf in 1986? I was in. You know, I was I into golf in 1986? Yes, for sure. And he, the funny thing about being into golf in 1986 is that I was a fan of Jack Nicklaus, mm-hmm. and after he won, my dad bought me basically a replica putter that giant putter i have the jack nicholas 86 <laughs> masters putter <laughs> i have that putter it's um yeah and i still play it it's it's in my it's actually in my par 3 bag that i i pulled together like my old set that i play par 3 with but the putter in that bag is the 86 Mas- nicholas masters putter nice and so so where does this my, compare for you? That's what I want to ask. I'm I not even I, interrupt you, sir. I told I told my wife she needs to bury me with that putter. I'm not leaving <laughs> that putter behind. Um, the um, but where does it compare? I think that that's a curb your enthusiasm episode. Yeah, where the guy <laughs> wants to get buried buried in this five wood. Oh really? Yeah, and Larry thinks it's his five wood. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, no, it it was huge, and again, coverage was different back then. Right. We only got back nine coverage. Right. We didn't Which, get a full day. You didn't get a full day of coverage. And and I don't know if, you know, because Jack Nicklaus is always kind of an older dude when mm-hmm. I was in 86. I mean, he was always in the back half of his career. But he won a handful of times when I was, you know, I, I saw a handful of his wins. But um, I didn't have the full context of it like a lot of people did, like a lot of older people did. And with Tiger, we get that same thing. It's like I lived through, I've lived through his entire career. So this was really cool to be able to see him win again. Mm-hmm. And and I think we alluded to it the other week where where we've gotten to see because of television coverage and you know the ubiquity of sports, we've gotten to see some really great sports careers. Right? I saw all of Gretzky's career. I saw all of Michael Jordan's career. I saw all of Shaq and Kobe or whatever. You say Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, right? I mean these are these are these are the things we get to we get to enjoy, and uh, it was nice to see him winning. And I was first, I was front and center saying that he'd never win again. <laughs> yeah, you were, I, you were the biggest doubter, and I, I never really, I, I didn't get that far with it. I was like, to me, I never counted him out completely. I thought it was very unlikely. Um, it just didn't seem like he could play four days in a row. That was the thing with it for me too. I mean, I, I just saw him degrading right. over the past. You know, so he, you know, just his his knee was bad in 2008, and then his back was bad. I thought, oh, there's no possible way he's going to pull this off. And lo and behold, that's what. But that's what makes sports really fun. Yeah, right. Because you can you you can make slim odds work. I mean, well, if it's, and I think yeah. In the case of Tiger, where such a single mindedness that led to the greatness that got him to this point. I, I don't, you know, he thought he was done, but once he realized that, you know, he said so in his post-game interview, post-game, but whatever, post-round interview, that he thought he was done and that it wasn't until he finally healed up from the back surgery and started trying to swing a golf club. I was like, okay, well, I can still do this. And he has, the, he said himself, he has the short game and it never really went away. Like he has the feel, right? That's such a, uh-huh. it's such a critical part of scoring. Um, and speaking of Justin Rose earlier, that's why he fell out of it so quickly is that when he'd miss, he'd miss in the wrong spots. Tiger talked a lot about needing to miss at Augusta in the right spots. Um, so 
to, to, to see him make it all the way back, I think that that particular single-mindedness is what led him to be able to reachieve those heights. And and my, in my opinion, the reason I ask you about 86 is because, you know, I know people talk a lot about 18 majors, but this is, to me, a lot like when, well, I don't want to say LeBron because LeBron has done so much work to tarnish his legacy in the last <laughs> 18 months. Sure. But, but like when LeBron beat the, the Warriors, right? It sort of yeah. felt like, okay, he finally did this thing that he needed to do. And with Tiger... Um, to fight all the way back and then now beat really the greatest field that golf has ever had. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe not the 30 hottest guys in the world like the end of the, the year last year, but but the Masters field is very selective. And the golfers, I think the quality of golf across the board is higher now than it's ever been with the training and the, you know, we, you talked about all the careers. Um, I think the biggest difference in modern athletes is that now everyone knows how to train properly and, and yeah. diet right and, and then get in the ice bath and do all the things, you know, they don't finish the round and then go smoke 10 cigarettes and drink six beers. (laughs) Right. Craig Stadler isn't walking around the masters anymore. Right. And so to me, for Tiger to do what he's done, even if he doesn't pass the 18 majors, it's, it's a very similar argument to the um, kind of the Jordan LeBron debate. And it might be more fun if he never does quite get there. Like if he, if he ties it or, or I don't know if he ties it, I think he's, is unequivocally the goat, but just to, to beat a field like this, especially after what he's gone through. And I know we're over time, but I did have a couple of questions for you. So you and I debated no. briefly um, whether or not this was a better comeback than Ben Hogan's, uh, who was hit by a bus in his prime in a car accident. <laughs> and what, it took him how long to heal? Like two years, right? Yeah, it was, it's a, yeah, it's a different thing. But both of those individual, Hogan and Tiger Woods, had to had to obviously get very focused and and figure out what they were the hell they were doing with the rest of their lives but they both eat well hogan was pretty close to just being dead right. <laughs> so so i think it's still hogan mm-hmm. i think we but tiger tiger has to live tiger tiger went through physical ailments and then like a complete social breakdown right a lot of self-inflicted injury there and so it's it, it makes it feel that way, but I I still think Hogan's the 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 greater in the in the world of golf the the greater comeback story. Interesting, you know, our boy Brandel Shambley's argument was that Hogan was in form when he got hurt, so it was just a matter of healing back to a point that he was already <laughs> at. Whereas Tiger was at his lowest career wise before he went under the knife for the major surgery. Yeah, and so to get basically to come back from zero, it's a it's a it's a. It's an argument people will be making in bars from here to the end of time. So, yeah. Well, I think I think it can go either way. I, but from my perspective, I think being on the side of the road, nearly dead from being hit by a bus is is probably far, a farther is a is a longer journey. Maybe considering the, that he lacked twenty first century medicine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Since we just talked about how important that was. Exactly. Uh, last couple of things. Uh, the most 1997 thing about that I, that I think about Tiger's win in 1997 when he hugs uh, his dad Earl is the fact that Earl's walking around with that Earl Woods hat on, yes, which is not Earl. something you would do in 2019 because you wouldn't want people. You'd be like, you, I get enough attention already, right? But Earl back in '97 was like, you, but you, you best recognize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want Tiger to bring back those big baggy pants from 2000. I'm, I'm waiting for those. Yeah, I'm waiting for those. I'm waiting for the big baggy pants to come back i still have some golf slacks that are sort of like that <laughs> kind of big cut through like the greg norman brand <laughs> um and then the last thing or i guess the second to last thing saw a lot of casual fan pushback on tiger obviously because casual fans 
don't necessarily know about his injury history and, and the first thing they think of is the Thanksgiving incident and his general philandering and, and so they don't want to cut him some slack and yeah he deserves all the shit you want to give him but you know you can still it's, respect the, the athletic aspects of right because you can't fake you can't fake winning the Masters right and the last thing I want to mention is did you notice that when Tiger walked off he you know a number of guys former Masters champions current players were waiting to kind of greet him and shake his hand um one, I immediately felt bad for anybody in that group who hadn't won a green jacket because most of the guys waiting were waiting in their jackets, right? With oh, most yeah. of the champions. But then, like, Justin Thomas is standing there. Sure. But then Xander Shoffley, did you happen to notice that moment that he had with, that Shoffley had with Tiger? So as Tiger goes to just sort of say, I don't know what kind of relationship they have. Shoffley's, what, 24 years old? Yeah, 24, 25. Um, Tiger Shoffley's looking at Tiger like he's seeing Jesus in person for the right. first time. And it is just the weirdest moment if you if you rewind it and find it because justin thomas is smiling when everybody's smiling a great job you know they're clearly very happy it's all kind of reserved xander shoffley looks like he wants to kiss him he's like, he's, just, he's like starstruck in yeah a, in a major way like he looks like he can't even gather his thoughts he's kind of shaking his head and he looks like he wants to like launch into some soliloquy yeah and, and then tiger <laughs> sort of turns his attention to the next guy and, and you see shoffley kind of go all right, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense that you'd move on. Right. <laughs> it's just the weirdest moment. We were uh, ready to have a moment. Xander was certainly... Did you know that Xander's name is Alexander? Of course. Xander's the Topher of... It's the Topher equivalent. I find that annoying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that note. Thank on you that note, yeah. Well, it was great. It was... It was uh, and everyone knows we love golf, so... We do. There we go. We all hope we hope that you enjoyed the Masters as much as we did this year. For those of you that enjoy that kind of thing, yeah. All right. So in the next segment, we're talking about spoilers. Um, and the Russo brothers, the directors of Endgame, found that they needed felt that they needed to put a post a letter on their Instagram that that went around. And here it says, it says to the greatest fans in the world, this is it. This is the end. The end of an unprecedented narrative mosaic spanning 11 years and 11 franchises. For all of those who've been on this journey with us since the very beginning, with them, the Russo brothers, who've directed four movies of these, um, (laughs) sharing every high and low with your family, your friends, your classmates, your coworkers, investing so deeply in every character and storyline, laughing, cheering, shedding tears, giving freely to your thoughts and emotions in spirited dialogue, theories, fan art, and fan fiction, please know that the two of us, along with everyone involved in Endgame, have worked tirelessly for the last three years with the sole intention of delivering a surprising and emotionally powerful conclusion to the Infinity Saga. Because so many of you have invested your time, your hearts, and your souls into these stories, we are once again asking for your help. When you see Endgame in the coming weeks, please don't spoil it for others the same way you wouldn't want it spoiled for you. Remember, Thanos still demands your silence. As always, good luck and happy viewing the Russo brothers hashtag don't spoil the end game. So I think it's funny that we live in a time where people have to say stuff like this. <laughs> and, and as I was reading this letter, I realize, and I probably known this deep downside that people who would spoil something for you on purpose are basically self-important tools. 
right? Mm-hmm. If if I saw Endgame and I rolled into work on that Monday and said, hey, did you see Endgame? Oh, no, I'm not going to be able to see it till Thursday. Well, at the end, blah, 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 blah. It's like, what would you... Do, do you not read what the Russo brothers asked you to do? <laughs> I, and, and I realized that, you know, sometimes with something this big, it would be difficult. You might be sitting in a restaurant on Sunday and someone's talking about Endgame and they've both seen it and you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself... Okay, that's fine. These people should ha- have a right to a conversation. No, I would speak up. Oh, you're so you're so yeah, that's so lame. I, no, I I'm fine. But I would I, I just I might I don't even necessarily be nasty about it. But I might say, hey, th- is, that's not really an appropriate public conversation. <laughs> you want to take that somewhere private? You want to take that somewhere? I haven't seen it. I'm not in the I'm not in the in the game of telling people what they can and can't talk about if they're having uh if they're having dinner and i just happen to be sitting next to them. okay fine well if they get to a point and i do this with sports sometimes when i'm recording it and my friends are around and like oh the hey the your friends are such. different your friends are different fine but they don't know that i'm recording it or that i care and then they would just want you know they maybe they just want to give the update or whatever so i would do the same thing that i do to them with these restaurant people i would just as they reached a point where it was clear to me they're about to reveal something i didn't want to hear i'd clap my hands over my ears and extremely loudly start going la 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 <laughs> 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 And then they look at me, and I'm like, and I and I look at them with the wide eyes, and they would get the message. Yes, so I think passive that, aggressive enough for you. <laughs> that it seems like it. Yes, it's plenty passive aggressive. <laughs> I I might I might put my hand over the ear facing them, and then talk to my wife and try yes. to try to work through it. But I don't think I'd ever say anything to somebody who are, you know, a group of individuals who are having a, a conversation amongst them. Probably not. in a public. Place. It depends, <laughs> but it's hard. This is, but it is a. It, this is a. This is a real thing with, um, especially things that that are this big. I mean, if you think about all of the, the great endings of movies over the years, something like The Sixth Sense or some something that's really, that is a real build up to the, a, a final twist or something what? like Psycho or something or something, that that is that the whole movie hinges upon, right? Sure, yeah. So it's it's important that that you are thoughtful about what you're talking about in public. I mean, so to those people, I would say, you know what? If you're out there and you see if you see Endgame on the opening weekend, you know, try to be try to be thoughtful of other people. But Man, are you kidding me? Try to be thoughtful about other people. This <laughs> you know is what how far I'm away we are from that in society. Yes, yes, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't try. I mean, maybe I'm a bit of a Pollyanna about it, but but geeks are. I mean, the people who get excited about these movies are the first people who want to tell everybody they saw it first. Yeah, and I want everybody to try to put a lid on that particular that particular instinct to to want to crow from the highest rooftops that I've seen Endgame and here's how it ends you know it's like especially you know the the especially as you're leaving the theater like there are people standing in line oh, to yeah, come yeah. into the, you're talking to come, about it yeah. and you're talking about it. it's like god people i mean so this is it's a bit of a two-way street. Well, see, that's what I'm, if you're waiting in the line to go to the theater and the people are talking about it loud, I think you're well oh, no. hey, Shut up. <laughs> that, shut up. That, that that I might yell at somebody for. But I might not I might not yell at them on a Wednesday night after the opening if I happen to be sitting next to them in a restaurant. I, there's no line. I mean, nobody can agree on what the spoilers line are or lines are anymore like and you see it already with like Thrones, obviously. Game of Thrones came back this week and and you know, that's 
the only thing I think it's appropriate to be spoilery is when you're actually maliciously trying to cause harm to someone. If they've done something to you, and you <laughs> spoil something they care about for them, that's good. Um, but like, I had to. I like to be on Twitter. I was waiting for Thrones to start, and I was you know messing around on Twitter after the kids went to bed, and I had to close it because West East Coast, East Coast Game of Thrones people, like, are oh. just like. They're out of control. Uh, yeah, and I actually I'm not like a big spoiler freak out guy. I'm pretty good about as soon as I kind of venture into something that looks like it's gonna, I, I just turn away. I, I'm pretty good about being able to avoid stuff, and I also find that I don't. It doesn't lessen the story for me, like you mentioned, unless there's some massive reveal or the the story hinges on some some sort of a, a twist that you don't want spoiled for you because it changes the perception of the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it it's. I think the spoiler culture is exclusively, or at least it feels to me like it's exclusively a product of the immediacy of social media. Yeah. Like this wasn't really a problem before, right? We just kind of would, somebody start to talk about something and it'd be only in person. You'd be like, Hey, can you, can you not, I haven't seen it yet. Can you, can you just keep it to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Or or, or at least, you know, you, you clear, you clear it with the room first. Right. But now I feel like the spoiler people are emboldened by the, the social (laughs) media thing. Like, Oh fuck you. You're going to see it on Twitter anyway. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I don't, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I think it's funny that the, that the Russo brothers come out and with a letter, <laughs> which dovetailed, maybe they should have sent it to everyone who bought a ticket for the, for, for the presale. But, um, the, uh, I'm looking forward to it and we'll see, but I think you could literally tell me the ending and it probably wouldn't bug me. I mean, it's, there's so many stories we know the endings to already. You go into them knowing the endings and. It, the magic is in the telling of it, right? It's in the telling of the tale. Yeah, it doesn't really matter if I know the end because what you really want out of the movie is for you to want to watch it again. Right. And James Bond isn't going to die. <laughs> <laughs> regardless of how, how... Regardless of the ticking bomb that's next to him. Yes. You know, I mean, we know this. It's well, I fine. think that's... I think that maybe for... You know, maybe we don't relate to it because we're too old. We've been through this cycle of entertainment before with other beloved characters in the past and to me the the marvel movies have been it's basically just nostalgia theater for me right it's like bringing back a property that i really enjoyed as a child and, and and building this great story but there are like you've talked about with your daughter um people who are experiencing this movie going experience over 10 years and and are really invested in these characters and so to have uh, uh, Infinity War and the way it did, I think, was a shock to a lot of those younger viewers. To me, I was just like, "Oh, this is meaningless. This is a comic book movie. None of these people are dead." <laughs> so it didn't matter. I didn't care at all. I was just like, "It doesn't matter to me." Some of these people will dead. It will be dead and stay dead. Most of them probably won't. Right. And since there's a Spider-Man co- movie coming out this summer, Spider-Man's probably gonna make it back. You think he would at least like avoid? those characters right the ones where they're already movies planned yeah I, I don't know i mean it's a nice moment in in infinity war when he dies it's it there's a lot of there's a lot of feeling in that but Mr. it's like yeah. yeah but the uh but game of thrones you know coming back is you know we're into that final we're into the final push for them uh, fan theories basically flying but a lot of people trying to catch up with it too right, right. i mean so there's um I was just thinking, boy, I'm, I'm lucky to have been on board early, but I saw a lot of people on social media were like, well, I got to watch the whole thing. <laughs> I, have to, I have to catch up from, from, from day one. And, uh, and I was thinking, man, this, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm down for a binge, but I couldn't do a seven-season binge of game. 
I think that's what it's not that many episodes though, right? It's only maximum of ten at any at any one episode, and yeah. they did put out the, a writer put out a, a watch list of all the stuff that you should cover that I think covers all the major plot points. And I think this watch list is quite an indictment of season five, considering <laughs> it only puts one episode from season five on the list. So if you are looking for a, a watch, if you if you are new to Game of Thrones and you don't know where to start, I can republish this uh, this watch list for our listeners. Um, the thing that it reminded me of, you said, I don't know if I could do the seven season binge. Um, I'm, I, I don't know. You know, I think it with TV, it is daunting. But uh, after season one of Game of Thrones, which I had never heard about until it became the show, I watched all of season one because Sean Bean was in it and I like swords. <laughs> so it was like, cool, I'll watch this. Um, and I really enjoyed season one for obvious reasons. And then I actually started the books. Yeah, and read them all, and then I read all the companion books, like the the Dunkin' Egg series. Like I've read all of the collected Game of Thrones books. Yeah, but I didn't it, find that intimidating in any way. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I read the books too. I mean, so it's easier it was, to think, pick up and put down a book. I can read a book for five minutes. I can't really watch a TV show for five minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I hear you. The uh, it's sad when you know like more about the history of Westeros and Valeria than you do about actual planet Earth. You know, I don't even a... know like local geography. <laughs> my fa- my my uh, in laws are looking to buy a, a retirement home. And they're like, oh, we're looking at Granite Falls, and I'm like, I vaguely know where that is. It's like 25 <laughs> minutes from my house. <laughs> I don't even know where Granite Falls is. That's by hell you're dying. Oh well. Well, the Thrones fatigue thing you mentioned, the last thing I wanted to mention, because it made me think of this immediately, was, so I always wanted to watch that Padalecki, Jared Padalecki and uh, Jensen Ackles show, Supernatural. Yeah. It's like 50 seasons of, there's like 50 (laughs) seasons of Supernatural. So they got into like season four and I was like, oh, I'm never going to catch up. I'll just wait until they're done because I assume there's probably maybe two or three more seasons and then I'll just get around and watch the whole thing. Season 14 of Supernatural. (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm never, ever going to watch this. I think, I think something that I want to binge, I want to binge Billions. I hear Mm -hmm. that's everyone's, I like Damian Lewis. I like uh, Giamatti. Mm -hmm. I hear, I hear that that series is a lot of fun. So that might be my next after after Thrones is done, I might uh, I might jump into Billions. And, I think uh, they're on season four, or is it season five? See, now? yeah, see, I could do I can do I can do three or four f- seasons. I think five's but, about. But my if limit. I was but if I was eight seasons behind or something like that, I'd be like, oh god, yeah, can't do it. Because I watched all of uh, The Wire later. Uh, well, well after it aired. Oh yeah, I never watched The Wire. Oh, here we go. Now I'm in. Now I'm in Matt Matt territory. <laughs> Matt at reasons are territory. It's like oh, I, have, I never watched The Wire. I it's never a little, watched. It's a little dated now. I never watched Breaking Bad. Well, that's just. I mean, you're just you're hurting yourself. Yeah, I mean, I just. I my wife was watching it. I've started with her, and I was like, eh. Oh, um, Breaking Bad's really good. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, people love it, so I'm sure it's great. This but, is what uh, I'll say to you about Billions. I watched the first... So they are in... Season 4 just started, like, two weeks ago, three weeks okay. ago. Um, I watched the first two seasons as they aired. Like, so every week, we watched the first two seasons. My wife and I watched it together. Season 3 started, and I was like, do you want to keep watching this? And she kind of like, eh. And so since she wasn't that much into it, I really didn't prioritize it. So all of Season 3 remains on my DVR, uh-huh. and all of the season four episodes that have recorded so far are also i think there's 17 episodes of billions on my dvr oh yeah that's a long that's a, and you look at it and it's like how am i gonna get through all this crap yeah i gotta uh, get laid off <laughs> I, think, I have shit to do I, I have fun stuff to do 
that okay. was the best part about the time I did get laid off was watching Deadwood. It was definitely <laughs> a, high, a highlight of not having a job. <laughs> oh, that's like, uh, I remember being unemployed for a couple of stretches. It was the best. Anyway, if it wasn't for money, I wouldn't work. Well, let's get Matt fired so he can watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In section three, section three, segment three, whatever we call these things. It doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. The, um, there's an article here in the Washington Post where a man insists that his boss's flatulence was a form of bullying. And I'm suing you for $1.2 million. <laughs> Man, is this, I mean, this is, this is, have we, have we crossed another line? I always, I always think to myself, like, you know, people get sued for things, but, but is a, is a man who, is a farty person a form of bullying? Now, like, say he farted every, like, he sat on you (laughs) and farted on you, or, there were obviously when I was in high school, a freshman in high school, my brother was a senior and all of his friends like gave me wedgies and ripped my underwear and farted on me. I think that that was I think we might be classing that as bullying. It sounds like, right. It was <laughs> it was good natured. I was just you know, my brother's little brother, so whatever. Sure. But um so this gentleman, he's fifty six years old and and he's got a farty boss. And he would fart behind me and walk away. And he would do this five or six times a day. <laughs> crop dusting his employees. And it, yes. Cro- and, and it caused him severe stress. And, you know, was uh, was uh, difficult for him to go to work because he knew his boss was going to fart. What, yeah, what's your, think- what is your, how, how do you feel? How do you feel about this? I have like th- I have like three concurrent takes on. This. <laughs> uh, I can relate to the victim, in the sense that I have worked in an office environment, and I can't imagine someone coming into my cubicle or when I was lucky enough to have an office and and like dropping ass and then and then bailing. Like, I I would definitely feel bad about that person. Like we would have a problem. I, I feel bad is not the right way to put it. I definitely would have issue. Um, it'd be right. a lot harder to deal with that if it was uh, my boss. And in the article, it mentions that uh, the victim here would would spray deodorant at the man when he would, like enter. And I think that's what you should do. Like I think that's a reasonable <laughs> response. Is anytime that guy comes around, like first of all, he talks about how he's facing the wall, and maybe he wasn't able to you know reconfigure his desk. But I would certainly reconfigure my desk such that this person would not be able to walk up behind me. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I would take steps. I would just, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, it sounds to me like, you know, there's a lot of stuff alleged in the lawsuit about they were basically trying to make it a hostile work environment because they wanted this guy to quit. So he obviously must not have gotten along with the... It sounds to me like he, he was... The victim was the kind of dude that just didn't jibe in this crappy workplace where these guys acted like assholes. And so the assholes just put, <laughs> tried, pu- tried to push him out. Like I've definitely seen that dynamic occur before in social situations and work situations where if assholes are enjoying being assholes to each other and you come in and you're sort of the, you know, the straight man, good luck to you. Right. Yeah. Right. The, I think the fact that these are older people, like ostensibly adults working in a, you know, in a, in a professional work environment. I mean, how professional it could be when someone is farting all the time, but, 
but I was I was thinking, can't can't you just say stop farting? Like, do not fart at my desk anymore, dude. I just yell. I I might yell at him. Yeah. I might just say, why are you farting in my desk? Is it, or was it good natured? Like you, you don't think, you know, somebody's like, ah, ha, ha, I farted. You know what I mean? I don't, <laughs> it's, there's so many, there's so many things that it's like, maybe the manager would say, oh, you know what? We farted in the office and we all thought it was funny. I don't I, know. Like, I think I would have just taken more steps as the victim to assuage the situation. To get the, the desk fans going and, and <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely put this guy on blast. Like, but this goes back to our conversation in the past about how people don't have shame anymore. And I think again, this what leads me. That's what leads me to believe that there's a there's there's some middle you know, that we don't see here where these guys are probably just unprofessional dickheads more often than this other guy really likes them to be. Um, and you know, right. it's funny that you say that about oh, these are older people in a, in a somewhat professional setting and. I'm old enough to realize that whatever I used to think about adults being mature was way wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You also just have like, you ever run into like an old idiot? Like it doesn't happen that often, (laughs) but like you run into an old person who like, and they like, you talk to him for a while and you're like, Oh wow, you're a fucking moron. Like, (laughs) but it's always a surprise, right? Because you don't really associate the wisdom, the aspects of maturity and age with being an idiot. And so it's kind of a surprise when you run into, uh, you know, a, a, someone in their 60s or older, perhaps, um, who's just kind of a dummy. Uh, and, and, and I think that this kind of sounds like maybe it's, this is one of those situations where maybe these guys are, aren't quite that bad. But, you know, this guy's got his stick up his ass. And this other guy's <laughs> clearly comfortable letting everything come out of his ass. Right. The, my favorite part is this. It was an 18-day trial. They had an 18-day trial where they talked about this man harassing this other man by farting. 18. Can you imagine being on this jury? Could you just... I would just be slumped over in my chair going, oh, can we stop this already? I mean, what is going What is going on with these people? Well, I mean, it's ultimately, it's a wrongful termination suit, right? So it, it, this, this is part of... Uh, I mean, he's suing them for bullying, but ultimately, he is. he's really contesting his termination because you read it in the story he talks about he was uh, redundant he was made redundant and then let go which is something passive aggressive shitty managers do when they don't have the guts right. to fire somebody they hire somebody right. else slowly promote them into uh, someone else's position and then let the other person go because they don't like them right like, it, it, it's just it's childish and it's immature but it, it happens all the time what i also thought was interesting about the article is that they said that uh, the, it art it ends with saying that the, there was going to be a ruling on whether or not the, the flatulence was actually bullying. Did you get to that, the, the follow-up? No. So the, the court actually ruled that it was not. So for all of you serial farters, feel free <laughs> to SBD your way around the office <laughs> as you see fit. I always like, I, whenever somebody, whenever there's farts in the area and someone says, hey, did you fart? And I always say, like, my retort is always, listen, if I had a fart, you'd have heard it. <laughs> I don't fart silent. This is not how I roll. But you know, I don't know. This, this, it's just it. It feels bad that people can't get past this whole schoolyard mentality, right? It just keeps going and going and going. Even in even this poor fifty-six-year-old man just finds himself in the middle of the schoolyard, and 
it just happens it just it happens everywhere our government is now the schoolyard <laughs> i mean yeah. and you don't even have to the brexit thing you think our government sucks ass man if you if you watch the brexit stuff it's just it's brutal i mean if you it's talk about it, schoolyard schoolyard jackassery when done by older british people is even more hilarious because they're also proper and you know with the accents and whatnot but it's it's just this it it's just playing out over and over again like people just need to um and i don't say grow up and that to say that i'm entirely grown up i think if people have been listening to this this podcast for any length of time know that 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 in a professional environment i'm happy to be mature and i think that at some point people decided that there was no place they decided they wanted to be mature. I could just be a big, you know, I could just be childish everywhere. Now it's fun to be jackassing with your friends and stuff like that. But when you get into a job where people pay you money and count on you to do stuff, you should try to do your best job and be polite to people and try to find the best, not if you can't find the best solution, find a solution that at least people can, you know, you and others can live with. And it's and it's just it just doesn't work that way anymore. Well, a couple of things you mentioned there. So first of all, the politics thing you're talking about, it's the politics of privilege. It's the politics of not having to worry about real problems that are facing the world, like both the Britain issues and the issues in the US. That is it's the politics of privilege of if the world was a more unstable place and where was more threat to domestic American way of life that I don't think we would be here. Well, it's like last mile squabbling, right? We've we've taken care of a lot of really big and important problems, and now we're just trying to work out. Well, you know. and right, because but the, unfortunately, the last mile squabbling is really based around equality for marginalized groups, and that's something that the the powerful don't want to have to acknowledge. So that's a, that's going to be a a long, painful struggle, I think. Um, We'll see. I, I thought we were going in the right direction, and, and we take probably a, a well, sudden probably, inflection it, point. It, it, I think in the past, if you look at all those societies that have come before us, it probably ends in collapse. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh sidebar on this Brexit thing. Yeah. So the CNN special correspondent who handles all the on the ground like not in the newsroom but like on the ground interviews and uh-huh. who does all the stand-up spots for cnn for brexit is bianca nabilo who's okay. the daughter of frank nabilo oh, yeah. back to uh-huh. the back to it, who's who i have this huge crush on bianca nabilo <laughs> is like like she's the, the top of the news person talking heap for me right now she is <laughs> awesome and I can't believe she's the daughter of Frank Nabla. Golfer well, and tweet, uh, you should tweet at Brandle and have Brandle broker an introduction to Frank for you, and then you should right. become Frank's friend. Right. <laughs> and then I should put a move on his daughter. I guess. That, uh, his, also, that, you I, have to abandon your family. <laughs> that girl's way out of my league. Anyway, I like tax season two, and we're talking about governing. Um, sidebar, sidebar, sidebar to the du- sidebar. Double, double sidebar. That. Uh, the idea that our taxes are super complicated, that Intuit and H&R Block have lobbied Congress to make free tax filing by the IRS illegal. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's really government functioning in, in the way it's intended. They um, have they have, they have businesses to they have they, 
they have businesses to run. Yeah, but the sort of the sum up is like, yeah, but what we're doing is we're, we prioritize our government now completely and probably always has prioritizes protecting profits over helping people. And that's just a really <laughs> fucked up way to organize a society. Um, but the tax stuff always cracks me up because you'll always see people put out the joke that's basically like, all right, it's tax time. You know, what do I or government says, all right, pay your tax time to pay your taxes. And you're like, great, what do I owe you? And it's like, oh, well, you need to figure that out. Okay, well, how do I do that? Well, here's some complex forms, and uh, the tax code's <laughs> four inches thick, so you can figure out what, you know, deductions. And what happens if I get it wrong? Uh, well, you go to jail. <laughs> right. Or, or even better yet, we already know how much you owe us. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. But we're not going to tell you. No, you, you have to it guess it right. And if you guess it wrong, you go to jail. And if you don't go to jail, you get to pay any penalties with interest. Right. Okay, cool. But what if you screwed up? Oh, well, that's just your problem, too. Right. That's <laughs> Do I get interest on the money? That No, no, no. It's no. Sorry, Interest-free loan. Thank you. You don't, you don't get that. All right. Well, that was quite a bit away from where we started, but hey, that's whatever. That's what podcasting is for. That's what it's a it's a journey. It's a sometimes it's a sometimes it's it's a it's a it's a it's a street that runs very straight, and some days it's a stream that runs very crooked. Willy nilly, if you will. Willy nilly. All right. So we enter into the OT, which means now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready? Dad joke. Of the week, you got the plural right that time. Yeah, hey, right. I, you know, it's been it's only April. Oh, I forgot <laughs> to say woo. <laughs> you always say woo. I gotta say woo. All right, all right. Let's get into it. What runs all day but never gets tired? Your mouth. Sure. <laughs> my my mouth does get tired. I talk too much. I'm like no. Russ Russell Westbrook's mouth. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. To the guy who invented zero, thanks for nothing. Uh-huh. I really want to do this in an Australian accent, but okay, so I'm going to butcher an Australian. Oh, here we go. Do it. I want to hear. Do it. Do the accent. Do it. <laughs> what do you call a boomerang? Oh God! What do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? <laughs> That was the worst Australian accent I, I have ever heard. I'm a talented mimic, but I have to hear it first. Like, if you could get someone to say it, I'd be able to repeat it, but I can't just produce it out of nowhere. <laughs> that was... I, I don't get... A stick? Yes. A stick. <laughs> a stick. Boy, that was bad. You're going to have to work on that. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I've been trying to. I just can't produce it. Like, I can kind of do that. I can say Australia. I can't even do that anymore. It's a, so you have to say it's like Jason. Jason die. Jason. Right. What do you call a boomerang? There we go. Come back. There you go. There you go. It's it's more of it doesn't come big. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's more that's the, like that, South that was a South African. Yeah, I get those was, confused now. I blame District 9. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, similar but completely different. Right. Got it. Right. Uh, I don't feel like this. This was this like half a joke. Okay. What did Delaware? <laughs> her Mary, New Jersey. Mary, Mary's land. Oh, okay, I don't know. Her New Jersey. Her New I feel Jersey. Like Delaware to the game. I think maybe but that might be too, too complicated. All right. Yesterday I ate a clock. It was very time consuming, especially when I went back for seconds. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's the it's the end of that. It's the last piece of that joke that makes it work. You know, I stayed up all night wondering where the sun had gone. Then finally, it dawned on me. Oh, <laughs> and then I came across one in the wild that I wanted to share also. Uh, being April, that, with it being April here. April showers bring Mayflowers. What do the Mayflower bring? Smallpox. <laughs> That's it for me. That's great. All right. Okay, here we go. Dad joke killer of the week. I've got three dogs, Ty. I named the first one Happy because he's the happiest. I named the second one Sleepy because he's the sleepiest. I named the third one Liberace on account of he's the pianist. <laughs> Can you tell a Liberace joke in this day and age? I don't I, see why not. That's not a I, homophobic joke. No, I was going to say Mozart, but I thought Liberace's a funnier joke. I think if you could find a... If there was a pianist... Billy Joel? <laughs> I named the last one Billy Joel on account of he's the pianist. If there was like, I think it'd really be, you could tie it together. If you could find a pianist, a famous pianist who also had some sort of a pub, a very famous public urination incident, <laughs> he'd really have something. But then I think it anyway. might be worn out already. All right. Well, there you go. That was my dad joke killer of the week. All well, right. Speaking of your pianist. <laughs> <laughs> He's the pianist. All right. Yes. Yeah, speaking of your pianist. Um, in the overtime, we're talking about a a man well, who was having the theme, who was having on, the theme what? Is, don't point cameras at yourself in your own house. It's just a bad idea. <laughs> so yes, I, you know we do have so we we do have some surveillance. Some I don't know what we call voluntary surveillance in my house. <laughs> we do we do have an Echo. We do have the Amazon Echo. Yes. Um, and I just installed some uh, some internet cams on the outside of the house. Yes, I have numerous cameras outside the house. But what's hilarious is, sidebar on the OT, is my son, when he comes home from school, will do Fortnite dances in front of the camera. <laughs> and then watch himself? No, he just, and he just go, then he goes inside. And he leaves them for just me. Just because so, he knows there's a camera there. Right. And then what'll happen is I'll look at the... I'll look at the 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 things later on, and right. I'll see this, and it's just hilarious. It's that's hilarious. pretty funny. That's pretty. Funny. It's really funny, and he's anyway. But this woman showed she was at work, and she decided she would show her coworkers the pet cam because they have obviously a cute a cute dog at home. Yeah. So she turns on the camera. Hey, come see my dog. He's running around the running around the house. And well, lo and behold, yeah, <laughs> in this particular case, the pet cam, the dog must hang out like on their bed during the day because their pet cam is pointed at their bed. Again, don't it? Why, terrible, terrible idea. What are you doing? <laughs> Get the dog a dog bed and put the dog there and point the camera at that. Right. So yes, maybe a low shot of your kitchen. Sure. But yeah, oh. not at your own. Even if you're not, you're having a publicly internet accessible camera surveillance device pointed at your bed at your house. <laughs> Terrible idea because now she's gathered her coworkers around and she's turned on the uh, turned on the, the pet cam to see their cute dog running around the house and uh, her boyfriend is jerking off. <laughs> or huh. 
hand to gland combat. Hand to gland combat. So this gentleman, and you know what? I don't begrudge a man. Like he comes home from work. He's like, I'm home early. There's the house is empty. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a walk around the park. Right. This is not a. This is not an uncommon gonna, thing. Gonna go in the bedroom and B and L. Right. <laughs> this is not a bad deal, except Normal when you behavior. have. Except when you have a camera, an internet camera pointed at your bed. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. Anyway, this woman, her co-workers got a full shot of her boyfriend having a good time by himself. And, they, well, and then she calls him. That's what makes the story great. His, <laughs> his phone rings. <laughs> yeah, his phone, his phone rings and she says, what does she say? He says he doesn't quote her. He just basically he thought he thinks it's going to be a cute moment where she like is oh my god I can't believe you're you know jacking off <laughs> and instead it's like this it's she she told him the story that well I went to show my coworkers the dog and instead they saw your dog <laughs> and now you're not coming to the Christmas party I think is what it was I would never show my face I don't know. I'm pretty shameless at this point. And you know what? I'd be like, hey, man, what are you doing looking at the camera in my bedroom? Yeah. First of all, I why did I put a camera in my bedroom? Number two, don't call me. Don't call me and yell at me about this. I'm in my own house. I mean, why are you showing why are you showing your coworkers this live shot of our house, first of all? Right. I'd be re- I'd be really indignant about this. <laughs> First, I've already let's let's assume you know that I've already wrong. no let's just throw, a sinner. You throw a t-shirt over the camera or something. Then I'm a then I'm a sinner. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> Listen, it's not. I I would be relatively unapologetic about this. I'd be like, why are you why are you turning on your camera in front of your cam- why are we turning on this camera in front of your workers? Yeah. Why don't you why don't you, why don't you turn on the camera? And if the dog is there, call everyone over. But right. why would you? Why would you call everyone over then turn the camera on, not knowing what was on the other side of it? Is it? Is a terrible idea. It's always like that surprise party where, you know, you're at home jerking off, and they, you know, they, have, and they, and they have a surprise party for you, or like a drug intervention. I don't know. Whatever. It's like, dude, I'm just. I. It's been a long day at work. I'm just. I'm just. I'm trying to relax a little. Well, if, if the camera's in your bedroom and you know that, you know, your boyfriend has Mondays off, he, he had some, some context in the story about that. Uh, again, he, he, what, what if he's just changing? Right. It still would have been he, embarrassing. Yeah, what if he's, yeah, what if he's just buck naked? Just, what if he got out of the shower? He's just buck naked, just putting on some underwear. Yeah. What if he's lotioning? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, I was, dry, he was lotioning. He was, but I, I have dry, I have dry shins sometimes, and so... You know, you got to do that before you put your pants on. That's right. I like to, you know, I like put the you know, lotion on my joints, elbows and knees, and keep them nice and soft. <laughs> this is this <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, people. With with uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna go in for the voluntary surveillance, um, point the cameras away. How about just across the board? Consider the potential outcomes of your choices before you make those choices. <laughs> Can I just ask? Is that too much to ask? Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. I think that I think that in this case, instead of calling up and like being mad at him, she should think to herself: When I get home, I'm going to tell my boyfriend that maybe we shouldn't have a camera in our bedroom. Yeah. And if you do want to make homemade porno, 
go on eBay and buy an offline flip cam. You can get them. They still film in HD. Just use your iPhone. Like, Do not um, use your phone to make porno. Just like that. Jesus just like that. Christ. It's the whole point. It, yeah, but it's in the iCloud. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, that's... Don't... No. It's the... It's the... It's the Jason Segel Cameron, Cameron Diaz movie, right? Is it Cameron Diaz? When they make a porn? And and they on their on their phone and he he uploads it he forwards it to everybody and the and the whole point of the movie is they have to run around and try to try to delete it off everyone's phone. That sounds vaguely familiar, but I can't tell you. I don't know. I didn't see the movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to on three. Please know we appreciate the time you choose to spend with us, and if you don't already, please subscribe or review, and don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next time, lotioning, oiling, oiling and lotioning. And until then... And turning on the camera. Smiling. (laughs) But until then... Peace! Peace!